0: I will bless the Lord at all times and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt God's name together. O oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the woman and the man that trust in him. Good morning, new community. So excited to see so many smiling faces on this very snowy morning. Um, I was just telling um, Esther, I was going to call Pastor David this morning and ask if we were still having church. Um, So I'm so excited to see um, so many faces here this morning. Um, So it's Communion Sunday, so Pastor David gave me about 15 and a half minutes to speak. Um, And so I won't read the uh, entire scripture, but what I will do is just summarize the book um, of Mark that we will be in, and then just read one scripture in your hearing. Um, So we'll be in Mark, the first chapter of Mark. And this is the beginning of Mark's perspective of the story of Jesus. Uh, John the Baptist, Jesus' cousin, is preparing the way for Jesus. Uh, John baptized Jesus. Jesus fasts in the wilderness for 40 days. He comes out of his spirit-led wilderness journey chooses a few disciples for his dream team, teaches at the city synagogue, heals a bunch of sick people, does some exorcisms, and then ends his 24-hour Sabbath day with a nightcap of prayer. And that is the first chapter of Mark. And the verse that I want to call your attention to is verse 35. And verse 35 reads as thus, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. This is the word of the Lord. Pray with me. God, we thank you now um, for this moment. God, when you speak through your word, when you take uh, words and stories from antiquity and make them relevant for our life in the world today in 2015. And so, God, I pray that you would take the words of my mouth and translate them into the language of the hearts of these, your people. God, if it's not on my manuscript, I pray that you would put it in my mouth. God, I pray that these, your children, this morning would receive the seed of the bread of life. I pray that they would receive for the sowing in the heart, seeds that bring and grow new life, that bear fruit of new life, new hope, new joy, new peace, new relationship with you. And so God, as we end this series on prayer, I pray that you have provoke the hearts of these your people to inspire them in new ways of seeing and understanding what it means to pray and so god now be in this preaching moment speaking your word clearly and articulately to the hearts of these your people in jesus name i pray The solitude of prayer, the solitude of prayer. Um, We have been in a series um, on prayer, and um, we started out talking about how uh, prayer confirms our identity and confirms who we are. We talked a little bit about how prayer affirms the work that God has called us to do. And we talked a little bit last week about how Prayer creates space for the weightiness of God's kingdom um, to be made manifest in our lives. And this week we're going to talk a little bit about how prayer revives us, how prayer revives us. And so as I studied um, these scriptures, um, the thing that really stuck out to me was just this thought that the solitude of prayer um, revives us. And so as in looking for a definition of solitude, one of the study Bibles um, describes solitude in this way. The creation of an open space in our lives by purposely abstaining from interaction with other human beings so that freed from competing loyalties, we can be found by God. Solitude is the creation of an open space an empty space in our lives by purposely abstaining from interaction with other human beings so that freed from competing loyalties, we can be found by God. And so there are a number of scriptures where we see Jesus accessing this open and empty space. In Mark, the first chapter, we just read it. Jesus got up left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Matthew 14, after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. In Mark 6, come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. Luke 5, He would withdraw to deserted places and pray. Jesus enjoyed the solitude of prayer. But then there's a shift. And Jesus begins to say things like John 8. The one who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone. John 16. The hour is coming. Indeed, it has come. When you will leave me alone, yet I am not alone because the Father is with me. When I put these moments of solitude and prayer together with Jesus' words of destiny, it gives me pause. And here's what I'm pondering. Were these times of solitude and aloneness in prayer prepping Jesus for the most alone season of his life, that moment of his final hour, the moment when one of his friends became a fraud and betrayed him, the moment when all of his boys deserted him, the moment the crowds that once clamored after him convicted him, the moment he was lynched and left to die like strange fruit hanging from a southern tree. When positioned together, these moments of solitude and prayer give me pause. It it makes me ponder, were these moments of solitude and prayer preparing Jesus for a revival of his spirit while gasping final breaths? That moment when he was able to initiate the conquering of death by declaring into your hands, I surrender my life, oh God. Jesus' prayers prayed in solitude and Jesus' prayers prayed from the cross caused a revival in him in his weakest moment, which declared you do not take my life from me because I have chosen to lay it down. In the moment of utter aloneness, Jesus experienced the companionship of God and it revived his spirit. And so in my estimation, we practice solitude and prayer to experience God's presence in those open, empty spaces that we have invited God into and so then when calamity comes our way, touch your neighbor and say, it will come. And when we face moments of aloneness and darkness, we have a point of reference, a point of reference that reminds us that God is with us in desert spaces in dark places in night seasons and in times we feel empty and utterly alone as you practice the solitude of prayer, I believe that you are being prepped for the hour when you will be at your wit's end and need a revival for your soul. There are re- there are seasons in our life when we are crying out, it's cloudy, God, I'm alone, I'm anxious, I'm desperate, I'm scared, I'm confused. I'm exhausted. I'm wounded. I'm between a rock and a hard place. And I wonder, I wonder if solitude in prayer prepares us to face these great moments of distress, in our distress, if we are able to find a moment of stillness, I wonder if we will remember our times of solitude and prayer where God met us and revived our souls. Because in solitude of prayer, in that alone time, in the open, empty spaces we carved out to meet God, God met us there. So even though you may feel alone, you are not alone because God is With you, the God that was there when you were before formed in the utter seclusion of your mother's womb is with you. The God that promised to never leave you nor forsake you is with you. The God that can close the mouth of the lion in the lion's den is with you. The God with the power to protect you in the fiery furnace is with you. The God that can make the impossible possible is with you. The God that gives you peace like you're wrapped in a blanket of love right there in the middle of your storm is with you. The God that rejoices over you with singing is with you. The God that dares to walk through the valley of the shadow of death is with you. The God that confirms your identity is with you, Pastor David. The God that affirms your work and aligns your work with God's will is with you. The God that creates space for the weightiness of God's kingdom in your life is with you, Pastor Michelle. The God that wants to revive your soul is with with you, the solitude of prayer will revive you because it reminds you that even in your darkest hour, God is with you. So I'm going to share a story that I don't want to share, but I will do it in obedience um, to the Holy Spirit. Um, Yeah, so after college, I um, ignored God's calling to accept vocational ministry as um, my life's work. Um, Instead, I pursued a career in business. Um, I owned and managed a real estate brokerage. Um, I was in the real estate business for about eight years, but pretty much after the second year, my drive and my passion for it uh, began to wane. Um, It was work that I excelled at. It was work that I enjoyed doing, um, but very deep, way, way, way deep down on the inside, I knew something was missing. But I continued forward in the path that I decided was best for my life. And as a self-employed person, I was a slave to my work. I did not do much self-care. I made little time for fun, family, and friends. I rolled out the bed in the morning, making a to-do list for my work day. I hit the ground running and plopped on the bed at night, exhausted from a non-stop day of busyness. Then I did it all over again the next day. Ultimately, I allowed myself to become a workaholic. About four years into the business, I reached a serious, serious state of burnout. Incessantly burning the candle at both ends for way, way too long. And burnout led me into a pit of depression that I have never known. When I hit rock bottom, it became difficult to drag my body out of the bed in the morning. In fact, some days I never got up out of the bed to greet the day. In this dark season of my life, my to-do list consisted of wake up, brush teeth, shower, eat. And if I could check each one of those things off the list in that day, it was a good day. When I recall this night season, the moment I most remember is a day uh, when sunlight is shining in my bedroom window, the covers are pulled over my eyes, one arm is extended out, And I was able to verbalize the most eloquent of prayers. Something to the tune of, God help me. For two years, it would be the most articulate prayer I could pray in my valley of the shadow of darkness. The Bible says that when we don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit translates our moans and our groans into articulate prayer, interceding on our behalf. And I believe that the Holy Spirit heard me moan, God, help me, and translated it so that God heard, for God alone, my soul waits in silence, for my hope is from him. God alone, my soul waits in silence for my hope is from him. When I think about that dark night of my soul, I am always reminded of that visual, me reaching out to God in prayer and God reaching back to me though i was desperate and vulnerable and weak and alone i am certain that god was present with me the solitude of prayer will revive you because it reminds you that even in your darkest hour god is with you god is There are many recorded examples of Jesus' solitary prayer excursions. These prayer excursions usually took place after an effectual time of ministering, teaching, preaching, healing diseases, casting out demonic spirits, and doing miracles. I imagine that Jesus' emotional and spiritual strength was sapped after a full day of spiritual warfare and manifesting miracle working power. But Jesus found soulless and renewed strength in prayer. The power of prayer to revive the soul reminds me of the way Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread. In antiquity... The request for bread would have been a request from the heart of a poor person or a peasant, one whose desire was to live simply and meagerly. This request would come from the lips of one living a lowly and humble life. It is from this place and a bed of depression that I prayed a simple and lowly prayer, God, help me. What was I asking? I was asking for revival. Revive me, Jesus. I need you like I've never needed you before. I was ashamed of my condition. Quite frankly, I had pushed everyone away in pursuit of my goals and my dreams. So there I lay, me and God, hanging out in despair. I get the picture of Jesus hanging from the lynching tree, and God right there, present with him in the canyon of despair, just hanging out in the open and empty place. And like Jesus declared to Peter, I felt like Jesus was declaring to me, you're going to fall, Remilia. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And as I uttered that humble prayer, God, help me. I believe Jesus was present there praying for the revival of my soul, praying for the revival of my faith, that it might not fail in the dark night of my soul. God, help me. What was I asking I was asking for God to sustain me and revive me by any means necessary. Because when you really need something, you don't care how it comes. You just want it to come quickly and without delay. I can't proclaim to you that the revival I needed came quickly. But I can proclaim that the daily utterance of simplicity, God help me, from a humble and needy heart was answered In due season, God help me. Jesus, revive my soul. Give me this day my daily bread. Give me my manna from on high, God. Do you remember the story? The Israelites, newly freed from Egyptian slavery, hanging out in the wilderness, being fed by the manna bread God rained down from heaven. But they weren't allowed to collect enough manna to last for the next week. They could only collect enough to get them through the current day. Give us this day our daily bread. Bread piping hot, fresh, right out the oven. Jesus, give us this day our daily bread. Give us this day the strength we need to face our. Daily tasks. I need the manna of prayer to feed me. I need the manna of prayer to revive my exhausted emotions. I need the manna of prayer to revive my wounded soul. I need the manna of prayer to revive my God wonder. I need the manna of prayer to revive my hope in a God that I cannot. See, I need the manna of prayer to revive the deadness of my soul. I need the manna of prayer to revive the hardness of my heart. I need the manna of prayer to revive my wearied mind. I need the manna of prayer to calm my anxieties and my fears. I need the manna of prayer to inspire the kingdom of God to come to the earth through me. I need the manna of prayer to inspire the will of God to be done through me. I need the manna of prayer to revive my soul. God helped me. God revived the dark night of my soul. The weak and lowly daily utterance provided the amount of revival that I could handle just that day. Just that day. And with each passing day, my soul was healed and revived by the comforting presence. Of a God who promised to never leave me. Nor forsake me. Give us. This day. Our daily bread. Give us this day God. Enough for the step. That we are on. You see prayer. Is like manna. We can't store it up for the next three years, because prayer revives us daily. Give us this day, today, right now, our daily bread. Prayer gives us revival today, this day. And so, in closing, um, the worship team can come forward. And so, in closing, prayer—prayer prayer revives me because it affirms my identity. In this preaching uh, teaching series on prayer, we have learned that prayer revives us because it affirms our identity. Prayer revives us because it helps us to align our work with God's will. Thy kingdom come through me. Thy will be done through me on earth as it is in heaven. And prayer revives me because it creates space for the weightiness of God's kingdom in my life. And so essentially, prayer affirms my who, prayer aligns my do, and prayer creates the how. Prayer proclaims my why. Prayer affirms my who. Who am I? I am a child of God bought with a price. Prayer aligns my do. Why do I do What I do. Prayer creates the how through the weightiness and power of God in my life. Prayer creates the how because it reminds me, Michelle, that the weightiness of God is weightier and heavier than anything I will ever face in this life. And prayer proclaims my why. Because prayer revives me, why do I pray? Because prayer revives my soul. Pray with me. God, I thank you that you are a living, moving, breathing, active God. I thank you for this prayer series entitled Answering God. Because it means that I don't worship an idol that is a dead piece of wood that I stand before and pray, not believing that my prayers reach past the ceiling. But in answering God, I believe that you are a God who desires to move through the world with us. I believe that you are a God that desires to be present in this world with us. And as you are present with us, leading us and guiding us, speaking to us, living through us, calling us to the life that you formed and shaped us in our mother's womb to live out, Continue to call us, oh God, to interact with you. God, don't allow us to take the blueprint of our life and run off to do a building project that we don't invite you into. But God, I pray that we would hear and see the thing that you are calling us to be and do. And then I pray that every day, we would pray for the strength to cause that will to be done through us. And so, God, as we come to you, as you speak to us, and as we answer you, O God, revive our souls. God, for the man and the woman that have come today to this place, seeking your heart and seeking your face and seeking your hand, God, maybe perhaps the prayer of their hearts is as simple as, God, help me. God, I pray that you would hear that prayer. And I pray that it would be as eloquent and as articulate as you need it to be. To answer with, I will help you. To respond with, you are My daughter, you are my son, the dearly beloved of God, and I am with you never to leave you nor to forsake you. Yea, though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you shall fear no evil for I am with you to lead you and to God. So, God, in these moments, I pray that you would accompany the heart of the wearied soul, the one who needs to be revived. Send the revival right now, today, in this moment, through each other, through your voice, through the music, through your word. God, send the revival to the wearied heart, to the bowed-down soul. And for the one that may not be in the space of the short humble, lowly prayer of God help me I pray that they would be reminded that when they pray they enter an open and empty space where they shut out the world and meet you in a place of emptiness. I pray that you would increase their confidence in that space God that you are ever near them and ever present that when the season of darkness comes they would remember those moments where you met them in prayer So, God, we thank you and praise you for your presence today. Live with us. Speak to us. Give us this day our daily bread.